the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A shooting in Philadelphia leaves three dead and 11 wounded. It's unacceptable. It's beyond unacceptable. A major manufacturer of baby formula resumes production. Abbott reopening its Sturgis, Michigan facility is a positive sign. AAA warms of a calm before the storm with a gas price surge, they believe, on the horizon. We are going to be setting records as we get into 2023. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Monday, June 6th. I'm Mike Scott. Another weekend of major shootings around the country. Authorities say gunfire killed three and wounded at least 11 others at a popular Philadelphia entertainment district. Officers patrolling the South Street area heard multiple shots and found several people with gunshot wounds lying on a sidewalk and in the street. One officer saw someone shooting into a crowd and fired. Police believe that man was struck before dropping a gun and fleeing. Commissioner Danielle Outlaw says a 34-year-old man, a 27-year-old woman, and a 22-year-old man died. Two of them and many other shooting victims, who range from 17 to 69, are believed to have been innocent bystanders. Commissioner Danielle Outlaw says gun violence in her city must stop. It's unacceptable. It's beyond unacceptable. And we're still using every resource available to get to the bottom of what occurred, not just out there last night, but behind this gun violence in this city. Outlaw believes that one of the three that may have died may have been one of the shooters. We believe that one of the three decedents was a male involved in a physical altercation with another male that was potentially the genesis of the shooting. These individuals eventually began firing at one another, with both being struck, one fatally. This comes as a shooting outside a night spot in Chattanooga, Tennessee, killed three and wounded 14 according to authorities investigating there. Two of the victims died from gunshot wounds, while a third died from injuries sustained after being struck by a car while trying to flee the scene. According to authorities, two other people were also struck by cars as they tried to flee, but they survived, making for a total of 17 victims. Of the victims, 16 were adults and one was a juvenile. Chief Celeste Murphy describes the scene that she came up on while investigating. This morning at 2.42 uh, in the morning, CPD units responded to the 2100 block of McCallie at a nearby uh, nightclub on a report of a shooting. And once on the scene, they encountered multiple victims and began rendering aid, as well as uh, working to secure the scene. 
At this time, we can confirm 14 gunshot victims and three victims that were struck by vehicles that were attempting to flee the scene. Three fatalities have been confirmed, two of which are related to gunshot wounds and one of which is related to injuries sustained after being struck by a vehicle. Several victims remain in critical condition. Both of these stories are part of ongoing investigations, and the Daybreak Insider podcast will update them more when more information becomes available. Senator Chris Murphy on Sunday said a bipartisan group of senators is close to coming up with a gun reform package, but acknowledged it will not include an assault weapons ban or any type of comprehensive background check. The Connecticut Democrat, who's been involved in the negotiations with his colleagues across the aisle, says that this latest round of talks is the most serious he has seen with his Republican colleagues since Sandy Hook. He said Democrats and Republicans have agreed to take some common sense steps while still upholding Americans' Second Amendment rights. Murphy explains what the bipartisan group of senators is zeroing in on. Um, We are talking about a meaningful change in our gun laws, a major investment in mental health, perhaps some money for school security that would make a difference. On the table is red flag laws, changes to our background check system to improve the existing system, a handful of uh, other items that will make a difference. Murphy also says he agrees with Republican Senator John Cornyn that nothing they propose will impact Second Amendment rights. I also agree that we're not going to do anything that compromises people's Second Amendment rights. We're not going to do anything that compromises the ability of a law-abiding American to be able to buy a weapon. What we're talking about is trying to make sure that dangerous or potentially dangerous individuals don't have their hands on weapons. Murphy goes on to say that Democrats like him won't get everything that many want. But he is hoping for progress. I think there's agreement amongst the negotiators that we're going to take some common sense steps that do not compromise Second Amendment rights. We are likely going to pair it with some significant mental health spending, which will make a difference as well. And I think everything Senator Cornyn has said is consistent with the negotiations we're having. Listen, we're not going to do everything I want. We are not going to put a piece of legislation on the table that's going to ban assault weapons, or uh, we're not going to pass comprehensive background checks. But right now, people in this country want us to make progress. Meantime, Republican Senator Rick Scott tells the Salem Radio Network that as governor, he took measures to protect schools from gun violence. And so when, when Parkland happened, we immediately, within I think two or three days, we put together three teams of people, one focused on mental health, one focused on on the educators from the schools and one focus on law enforcement. What should we do? As we all know, a lot of this is mental health issues. Turning to the widening story in Ukraine, Russia took aim Sunday at Western military supplies for Ukraine, launching airstrikes on Kyiv that it claimed destroyed tanks donated from abroad. Russian President Vladimir Putin also warned that Any Western deliveries of longer-range rocket systems would prompt Moscow to hit objects that we haven't yet struck. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis joined the Salem Radio Network discussing four high-mobility artillery rocket systems, part of the package that could be a game-changer for Ukraine 
depending on the timing of their arrival. The question is whether or not it's going to come soon enough uh, before you know, the Russians uh, really coalesce around all of Donbass. And then, as expected, uh, Putin declares that the Donbass region is now part of the Russian Federation, and therefore everybody must keep their hands off. McGinnis says a change in strategy by Russia has given them a slight edge in the conflict for now. They uh, have limited their campaign objective, and that is to take all of uh, the East all the Donbass maintain uh, Crimea. McGinnis goes on to say that Russia will continue to work on capturing additional Ukrainian territory if they can. I believe that there is a chance that some of this territory will exchange hands at least once or twice more in the interim, uh, but it would appear as if they're stabilizing into the east, much as it's been since 2014 when Russia went in seized Crimea and part of Luhansk and Donetsk. Relief is in sight in the baby formula shortage. Abbott, the key manufacturer of baby formula, announced that it would resume production at a Sturgis, Michigan plant on Saturday. This welcome news came months after a shutdown at that facility, which spurred a nationwide shortage. The company in February recalled baby formula made at that plan after four infants who consumed products from there developed bacterial infections, with two of the babies dying. NBC reporter Faithu Buru explains the focus of her investigation. The baby formula plant at the heart of the shortage crisis, restarting production. Abbott announcing the reopening of its Sturgis, Michigan plant closed since February over contamination concerns, hoping to have the first batch of specialty formulas available on store shelves for medically vulnerable infants and children by June 20th. Eight-year-old Jessica Feiner has a metabolic disorder and urgently needs specialty formula. If she doesn't get her proper diet or formula, the phenylalanine builds up in her blood and it's toxic to her brain and her nervous system. It's terrifying because we know she needs it. In a statement, Abbott promising to, quote, do everything we can to re-earn the trust parents, caregivers and healthcare providers have placed in us. Urburu goes on to say that the Biden administration is still importing formula from abroad. The Biden administration facing criticism for its response working to boost supply. The FDA says it expects new rounds of shipments to come in from overseas starting next week through October. According to the Biden administration, the U.S. has so far secured commitments for a total of more than 127 million bottles worth of formula for import. Nationwide, shelves remain bare. Stores in nearly one in five states now have less than 10 percent of their infant formula stock available. And with Abbott reopening its Sturgis, Michigan facility is a positive sign, but it'll take roughly six to eight weeks for that plan to ramp up production, make enough formula to make any real impact on this critical shortage. Now, FDA officials were on site at that Michigan facility examining equipment in addition to environmental testing conducted by both an independent expert and Abbott Labs. FDA Commissioner Robert Califf warned late last month that the nationwide infant formula shortage would likely not end until late July. Another week of less-than-stellar polling numbers for President Biden. 
Daybreak Insider's Ken Lorman looks at some of the highlights of polling this week by the group Rasmussen. President Biden ended the polling week with a daily job approval of 40 percent, and he earned a monthly job approval of 42 percent in May, unchanged from April. That's 56 percent disapproving of his performance in May, also unchanged from April. And the 2022 midterm elections are now less than 160 days away, and Republicans have an eight-point lead in their bid to recapture control of Congress. Ken Lorman reporting. Alaska voters are facing an election unlike anything they've ever seen, with 48 candidates running to succeed the man who had held the state's only U.S. House seat for 49 years. While some of the candidates in this week's special primary have name recognition, including Sarah Palin, many are relative unknowns or political novices, a fishing guide, a contractor, a gold miner who went to prison for allegedly threatening federal land managers. The four candidates who win the most votes will advance to an August special election in which ranked choice voting will be used. The winner of that contest will serve the remainder of Don Young's term, which ends in January. A separate set of elections later this year will decide who serves a two-year term beginning in January. President Donald Trump says he's backing Sarah Palin, who's running for Alaska's Republican nomination for that U.S. House seat. She's going to bring back lower gas prices and restore American energy independence, and we'll go back to... The word dominance will be dominant again. She'll vote to lower taxes, cut regulations, and reshore our supply chain, something we never even thought about supply chains. Now you can't get it. You go to a store, they're empty. Palin says faraway bureaucrats are standing in the way of Alaska's economy and development. They think that they know best for Alaskans, and they'll tell us when and where and how we can develop our resources and create jobs or not. And at this point, the Biden administration, they're all about not. And that's why Alaska, um, we're not doing as well as we could. Palin went on to tell reporters that climbing inflation is one of the reasons she is running for the GOP nomination. America is at a turning point. Uh, You guys all, you see it like I see it. Every time I go to the grocery store, I'm in cars, Safeway, Fred Meyer, I'm in there and I'm looking at these prices knowing firsthand sky-high inflation. It's hurting hard-working Alaskan families. And how about every time we fill up our gas tanks? Is this the calm before the storm? AAA is warning that gas prices may be on the rise this week and through the end of the summer. There was a bit of a dip in demand before Memorial Day, That caused prices at the pump to stabilize. However, experts do not think this will last. Crude oil prices jumped by the end of last week after the EU looked for support from all 27 member countries to ban Russian oil later in the year. Also causing prices to jump is a reported drop in domestic crude supply. If the supply remains tight, prices could rise again this week, according to AAA. Andy Lipow, president of Lipow Associates, joined Fox Business discussing the coming possible surge 
in gas prices. The oil industry is the one who has responded to the higher prices, and as you point out, uh, oil production is now at about 11.9 million barrels a day. We are going to be setting records as we get into 2023, but if we look back to last year and the policies of the Biden administration as far as uh, you know, canceling a lot of drilling permits, you know, canceling the Keystone XL. These are long-term projects that the industry needs in order to plan for the future. So without those pipelines and those drilling permits, we get into the situation where now where supplies are quite tight, the industry has been, you know, ramping up their operations. The drilling activity is up about 60 percent compared to this time last year. But it's a, low, a slow process and you don't get immediate results. Lipow goes on to say that the conflict in Ukraine is adding to the tight supply of oil. While OPEC plus has increased their production quota, they actually haven't been doing very well as far as increasing their production. In fact, today they're running over 2 million barrels a day behind their existing quota. And that's why the market was really underwhelmed, even though OPEC is saying, oh, we're going to increase our quota because the market is now very skeptical that they'll be able to increase production as much as they really think. Right. And the sanctions that have been imposed on Russia, we already see that Russian oil production is down by a million barrels a day. And the sanctions have caused refiners to shy away from refining Russian oil, and that sidelined another 500 to uh, a million barrels a day. And that's the piece of the equation that we need, OPEC plus, namely Saudi Arabia and the Emirates, to fill the void. Well, it's time for Junior to get a job. Experts believe that this year may be the best in decades for teens to get a job. Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker is looking at the numbers. This is expected to be the best summer job market for teenagers in 15 years. Researchers at Drexel University's Center for Labor Markets and Policy predicted in a report one month ago, 33% of young people ages 16 through 19 will be employed each month from June through August this year. That is the highest such rate since 34% in the summer of 2007. Average salary, $15, $16 an hour for entry-level work. That is drawing many kids back to the job place. Jason Walker reporting. Authorities in Bavaria say they're releasing all previously unpublished files on the deadly hostage attack at the 1972 Munich Olympics. Daybreak Insider's George Williams has that part of the story. The decision follows criticism from relatives of Israeli athletes and coaches who lost their lives. Some of these have also demanded compensation from Germany, which has been rejected. This September marks the 50th anniversary of the attack when a Palestinian militant group killed 11 Israeli hostages and a West German police officer who died during a botched rescue attempt. George Williams reporting. And finally, Iga Swiatek wins the Women's French Open. Swiatek went into Saturday's match on a 34-match win streak, one of the best win streaks in pro tennis since the year 2000. By the end of the tournament, Swiatek tied Venus Williams for the longest win streak since 2000. Swiatek dropped just one set on her way to two French Open wins in the last three years. 
The Open champ says she's a more polished player than she was after winning in 2020. With everything that was going on, I, I'm also like more aware of how it is to to win a Grand Slam and what it takes and how every puzzle has to, you know, come together and and basically every aspect of the game has to work. The winner says she's proud of her 35-match win streak, topping Serena Williams as the longest of her career. Having that 35, 35th win um, and kind of doing something more than Serena did, it's, it's something special because uh, I, I always wanted to be, I don't know, to have some kind of a record. And in tennis, it's pretty hard after Serena's <laughs> career. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.